Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Well, hey there, everyone, and welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and this is episode 52. Liberated birth. What a powerful phrase. What does it bring to mind to you? For me, I think of a woman who has decided to take full ownership of her birthing experience. A woman who is completely in, no matter where or how she's decided to give birth. A woman who has taken the time to educate herself on the intricacies of birth. I'd love for you to ponder this idea of liberated birth as we speak to today's guest, Ilka B., the founder and creator of Liberated Birth Movement. You'll hear all about what that is, along with Ilka's own liberated birth experience as we dive into this episode. And this perspective is so useful. I've mentioned it before, but my birthing comfort zone is at home with a certified professional midwife. However, this, of course, is not the case for everyone. Some moms prefer more, some less. This episode will focus more on the less variety, and I love it for that. And what's more, we've got two episodes coming up at the end of 2019 and beginning of 2020 that will delve into the free birth stories of two moms. And if you're looking for another episode on the topic, be sure to check out episode 40, Shayla Has an Empowered Free Birth. I'll link it in the show notes. Okay, switching gears quickly. I want to take a minute or two here to be super open and honest with you guys, though it may feel uncomfortable for me. (laughs) If you caught last Friday's Facebook Live, you heard a bit about this already. I want to acknowledge something. I have not been practicing what I preach lately. When it comes to postpartum care and sustainability as a whole, I have really dropped the ball in the last two or three months, and I'll tell you why. After having Lillian, I was hit with this amazing, wonderful, exciting surge of creativity and clarity. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know that I take my faith seriously and I knew the Holy Spirit was urging me to create a childbirth education program specifically for home birth moms. This happened to me before. In fact, it's exactly how this podcast was created in the first place. It's how I decided to launch the podcast on January 1st of this past year. So when I was hit with this amazing realization, I went full steam ahead. I never asked for guidance on the timeline. I'm talking about the childbirth education program right now, not the podcast. So I would never ask for guidance on the timeline. I just decided, let's do it January 1st of 2020. Plenty of time, right? Mm, (laughs) Turns out wrong. And now a few months in, I am so burnt out and overwhelmed. I've been staying up way past midnight most nights when typically I like to go to sleep with the grandmas. I work through my girls' nap times, and when I'm not able to be working on the course, I am stressing about the course. I've allowed it to consume my life, all because of this arbitrary date I created before recognizing how much work this course would entail, and without acknowledging the fact that the season I'm in requires slowness and rest. So, all of that to say, I am not going to launch the course on January 1st. I've got most of the content created as I am nearing the end of the live version with my founding members, but there's just so much more to do, to create, to clean up, and I want this course to be perfect. 
I want it to be made in a manner of glorification, not desperation. And it's starting to feel like desperation. I want it to be not rushed. I want it to be perfect when it comes out, not some, ugh, well, I'll fix it over time kind of thing. So after the holidays, I'll have a much better idea of when an appropriate or healthy launch date is, and I will let you know. But in the meantime, if you were really looking forward to the January launch, just shoot me an email, caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, and I'm sure there's a way we can still work together to prepare you for birth. It just won't be in the form of my beautiful, complete digital childbirth education program. So thank you guys for my quick little admittance. I've definitely blown off a course and it's time to get back on. So if you're in a similar season as me and you're overworking, consider this your reminder to cool your jets, mama. We've got to take care of ourselves so we can continue to take care of our sweet families. All right, sidebar closed. Let's get on with the show. Take a screenshot now, upload it to Instagram stories and tag happy home birth podcast so I can share it in my stories too. And leave me a review on iTunes if you don't mind so I can send you a happy home birth sticker and read the review on air. And as we jump in, as always, please remember the opinions of my guest may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa. And neither one of us are acting as medical providers, so continue to see your doctor, midwife, or if you're like me, your chiropractor. All right, let's go chat with Ilka. Ilka, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Well, hello. I am super excited to be here. I mean, what better topic is there to talk about, right? (laughs) Right. Well, I'm so excited to have you because you are, you are working in this field just like I am and you are really, um, kind of growing a movement. So would you mind by starting, uh, and introducing yourself to the listeners? Of course. Yes. Well, um, I don't even quite know how to call myself. I do call myself a, a, a liberated birth coach because I, um, you know, have been in the birth world for about, I'd say 10 years now. Um, and I am teaching women and couples all about educate them all about how to have a pregnancy and a birth outside of the medical system. Um, and And that means in my eyes to stay at home in your cozy, um, in your cozy home to have your baby. And um, there's so much to know about it and so many pitfalls and um, so many things to, you know, discover along the way that, um, yeah, there is a lot of education necessary. So that's what I do. And I'm super passionate about it. And I think it's really, really necessary. That's amazing. So you started Liberated Birth Movement before you had your first child, correct? That's right. I actually um, started, I think, like two or three months before I actually got pregnant. Yes. Okay. So you were you kind of doing your own research and that's what inspired you to do this or how did it come about? Well, actually, as I said, I start, it started about 10 years ago and, um, I had a whole like, you know, corporate job, manager job in Germany and it was in a whole different world and, um, decided to, you know, change my life a little bit, got divorced, quit my job and then traveled around the world. And that's why I kind of figured out, okay, there must be something more to this purpose of life than, um, 
you know, working in a cubicle. That was for me, at least. And so I searched on my path and ended up in India and did a yoga teacher training and ended up in California and got married there and worked as a prenatal yoga teacher there. And that was my very first job as a yoga teacher. And I basically fell in love with it. I fell in love with all the pregnant mamas and um, fell in love with that energy. And then, you know, it somehow, it somehow evolved. I studied massage therapy and then got into prenatal massage. And then some of my clients asked me to be at their birth. And I'm like, holy, how am I, how am I going to be like, what? I don't even know anything about birth. And as I said, that was about 10 years ago. Right. And so I decided, huh, maybe I should look into you know, becoming a doula. And so I did a few different doula trainings and started attending births at hospitals. And somehow that didn't really feel right to me. Um, I actually got kicked out of a few hospitals oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> because there's just sometimes like so many interventions and, and a lot of doctors had no bedside manners. And I was just yeah, really adamant about, you know, protecting my clients. And so, um, you know, I realized at some point I'm like, oh my gosh, like something is not quite right there. And so I started apprenticing with a midwife as a doula though. And I was like, okay, I think I need to like get into the whole home birth situation. Maybe that is something that, you know, speaks to me uh, more. And so I started attending a few home births as a doula and realized, oh my God, that is a whole different game. Um, this is like, I do want to become a midwife. I want more, you know, responsibility and I do want to like, you know, um, be there for women women at home. And so I started that whole path. And that took me almost four years of schooling and, you know, all of that. Um, and then from there, I three months before I, you know, was supposed to take my NARM exam and, you know, do the whole certification and licensing situation. Um, there was, again, some intuition coming up in me. And I was like, I don't know. I don't really know if I want that. I don't really know if I want to, like, work for the state and be bound for this by the state. And then I attended um, the Indie Birth Conference in Sedona a few years back. I think it's probably like four or five years back by then, by now. And um, Marion Green, I don't know if you know her, um, she talked about, you know, liberation from the system and how she gave back her license because she wanted to really serve the woman. And I was like, Oh, my God, I still get goosebumps thinking about this, um, talking about it, because she really like talked to a truth that I wasn't able to speak out loud for myself. And so I decided to not get state certified to not get licensed, um, but to basically work underground and, you know, support women in all types of situations that I wouldn't, um, that I wouldn't be able to, if I would have been licensed. Um, and so I did that for a little while and then I realized, okay, there is so much to teach and, um, I want to travel around the world <laughs> because I'm just a little travel bee and um, it's really hard as a midwife, you know, to be on call and you're kind of stationary. And so right. I, um, yeah, I developed the liberated birth movement, deciding that I just want to take all that knowledge, all that experience 
that I've gathered in these last, you know, eight, nine years um, to, you know, be basically an online coach and help women with my programs to make the decision to have a home birth, um, to find the right provider, which, you know, is not even given if you have a midwife, um, and to get their partner on their side and to, you know, get through all the pitfalls of um, birth and pregnancy. And yeah, that's what I've been doing for the last um, two, two and a half years. Wow, that is amazing. Quite the journey with a lot of detours, huh? Yeah, <laughs> but absolutely. But it, it led me to the right place, I guess. Yeah, it, it, that's how it always works out, isn't it? It's like the, the, the road is a little bit windy, but it gets you where you need to go. Of course. Yes. Yes. I just let my intuition kind of guide me along the way. It was interesting because, you know, my family would always like ask me every half year. So what are you up to now? <laughs> because there was, like, us. constantly an update, you know, because along the way, I just realized so many things, you know, um, as you asked earlier, like, what was it uh, in our society that, you know, made you to, to, to do this? And, it was seriously just figuring out like my own secondary drama as a doula working in a hospital and seeing all these interventions and the bullying and sometimes really terrible things. Like I would call it almost like obstetric violence. Right. Yes. Um, and I couldn't do anything. I couldn't do anything. I wasn't, you know, allowed to actually speak up. I didn't have any responsibility. It was like, who are you? The doula? Or would you please wait outside? And I'm like, um, excuse me, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm here to like, you know, this person hired me to be with them through their birth, right? And yeah, so I realized that this is something that is absolutely needed and um, women need more support and we need more education about that home birth is amazing and safe and a really great alternative to the hospital. Amen. I completely mm -hmm. agree. I know. And what better podcast could I be on today? Right. <laughs> exactly. So I, I am curious about a few of the things that you mentioned. I wanted to go into it a little deeper. So you were a, about to take your NARM exam and mm -hmm. then, so you decided not to become a CPM or were you not wanting to license just with the state? I didn't want to be licensed at all. Um, okay. For me, I realized that, you know, as soon as there is some sort of certification or licensure um, authority that I had to um, um, get back to, that I would be bound to their rules. And mm -hmm. at this conference in Sedona, which was just one of the most amazing uh, conferences, I've met so many amazing people there, um, they had a panel with about 10, maybe 12 women that all had either twins or V-backs or breech babies or were, you know, 42 plus weeks. And they all talked about how basically their midwives dropped their care last minute and they, mm. you know, didn't have any chance, but either go to the hospital and get a C-section, right? Or basically have a free birth, be at home, not be supported at all. Um, and yeah, they couldn't find any midwives that would actually be by their side and feel comfortable with it. And that's when it dropped for me. That's when I was like, oh my God, I want to be one of the women that they can call and say like, you know, VBAG is not allowed in my in my state, but would you come and attend my birth? Twins, you know, you're, I'm not allowed to birth my twins at home, but would you be able to help me, right? And I wanted to be that person. 
And right. that's why I decided for, for myself to, um, to not get licensed. And, you know, honestly, it has not at all um, harmed my business in any way, which is very interesting because I think a lot of people are very um, afraid to not get a license or to not be certified because of that reason. Right. I And I, I kind of see, I see both sides. Like I see the, the frustration of not being able to serve those mm-hmm. clients. And I, I think mm-hmm. about that a lot because there are so many people that, you know, it's so in the state that I live in, in South Carolina, it is like that, you know, the, the scope of practice does not include twin births. It doesn't right. include it doesn't include breech births. It doesn't include, uh, V-backs. And, and then when I look at other States where midwifery as a whole is just illegal and everybody is essentially, you know, working underground, they, the the midwives there are skilled in vaginal, uh, in, in V-backs, in, in breech births, in twin births. And, and it's so frustrating to think that we're losing those skills. And then at the same time, I certainly see the benefits of a certifying agency, not Absolutely. the state, just yeah. to to prov- to be like, okay, this person has education. This person, yes. I know that I can trust that. So, what is that? Um, what what do you think about that? And how do women, if they are considering not hiring? a, um, a certified midwife for any way, for any reason, how do they figure out if their midwife is actually, you know, knowledgeable and skilled and able to support them? You know, to be honest, like I feel the most important thing is communication and energy between two people, right? So if I'm with a client, I will only serve a client if I personally know she could own, she could also do it by herself. Okay. Mm. Um, and that I can only figure out, and this is on both sides, right? This is from me as, you know, the, the birth witness. That's how I rather call it than actually midwife, because that's a licensed term, right? Mm. Um, um, and also the client, right? Like from both sides, there has to be 100% clear communication and 100% trust. And that means if you are a pregnant woman right now and you're considering home birth, I really would not look at how many births this, this, did this midwife attend? How many years is she in practice? How many licenses does she have? How many whatever, right? But invite her on a coffee, take an hour and actually feel this person, actually ask her questions tell her exactly what is important to you, right? And and listen what she has to say to that. Because I feel that's where a lot of women get wrong, unfortunately, because they don't really articulate what they actually want. And the problem actually starts earlier. They don't really know what they want and they don't really know what their possibilities are, right? They don't know that they can have this like beautiful sacred birth where people really like leave her alone and fully trust her motherly instincts and just are there to 100% support her. And 
if there is any case of emergency to help her out, but not to interrupt her or to constantly measure her blood pressure or to, you know, be with a Doppler constantly on her or, you know, coach her in her pushing or whatnot. If this, you know, certain women absolutely need and want that, and then they need to communicate that and they need to ask, like, how are you managing pushing? How do you manage, you know, a third stage? How do you manage, you know, after the baby is here? Like, and then listen what they have to say and see if that is matching up. And if that the energy is matching up and, you know, you can you feel like you can really trust that person. It doesn't really matter if she's in business for two years, if she's in business for 15 years, if she's seen or witnessed 120 births or only two. Because she needs to be 100% right for you. And no certification agency can really figure that out for you but yourself. Right. And so with your uh, program, with Liberated Birth Movement, could you walk us through a little bit? I know you did earlier kind of explain it, but, but what kinds of topics do you guys cover and how do you do that preparation or help that mom prepare for for the scenarios that may arise in birth? Of course. So, well, the first thing that I believe is really, really important is to take full responsibility over everything, Mm -hmm. (laughs) over your body, over your baby, over every event that happens along the way. And that comes with a lot of power, right? But a lot of women are also really afraid of this uh, responsibility. And so that's why, you know, they're looking for someone on the outside to give them answers, right? And that's why I feel like sometimes it clashes. But what's important, I think, is to understand that a 15-minute appointment at the doctor or even a one-hour beautiful, you know, a communicative appointment at your midwife is not truly prenatal care. Prenatal care is what you do 24-7, you know, the entire nine months or even before that. Mm. Um, And so what is important to me is that you have like really, really good nutrition, right? That you have, um, you know, that you know what exercises to do to actually stay uh, in touch with your body, right? And to stay in good health throughout your pregnancy, that you know, you know, what types of mindset techniques you can use to, you know, deal with things that, you know, come up like fear, uncertainty, worries, right? I mean, I remember my first trimester, um, the first pregnancy around, like there, I mean, so many times the fear came up of like, oh my God, what if I miscarry? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, a, what I remember we were traveling throughout my entire pregnancy. So I, we got stuck in Thailand for a little while and like I had like spring rolls three days in a row. And I was like, oh my God, I'm doing, you know, I'm not feeding myself right because I'm eating <laughs> spring rolls all day long. And so like, you know, just all these worries that come up as a first time mom, or, you know, I guess like as a second or third time mom as well, right. They're pretty normal. I think these are really important things to know, like, how can I calm myself down? Like, what are things that help me to, to ground myself? Right. Um, and also like have, 
you know, different tools to, you know, be emotionally stable and resilient. Um, I personally had a pretty rough time actually with my emotions. Physically, I was perfectly fine all the way through, but emotionally, it took me like the first six months to actually be like kind of balanced and stable. I cried a lot. <laughs> mm. And, um, you know, also that is like, how am I dealing with this? How am I dealing with negative thoughts? How am I dealing with prenatal depression, right? All these things, how can I feel really strong and grounded in myself when these feelings are coming up? How right. can I, how can I get my partner, you know, to really support me along the way, which is not always like that easy, right? Especially if you have different, um, outlooks on how the birth is going to be. If you, for example, consider, oh, maybe it'll be really nice to have a home birth and your partner says, holy moly, you know, I, this is way too dangerous and we're far away from the hospital and no way this is your first baby, right? Um, I really, really help women to step into their own power because at the end, it's their experience. It's their birth. And I'm not saying to ever like disregard your partner, but rather, you know, find consensus and educate each other and, you know, um, find a ground where you can get what you want because it's your birth and it's your baby's only birth, right? And then right. obviously helping you to find the right care provider and to make the best choices. And, um, you know, is that, is that going to be a free birth where you have a doula attending? Is that going to be a free birth where it's just you and your partner? Is that going to be a midwife? Is that going to be a certified midwife? Is that going to be a nurse midwife? Right. I mean, there's like so many options and people are confused. They're like, I don't even freaking know. Like, what, what are they all doing? Right. And you got to just know like a, a, a midwife, that's a CPM might be more medicalized, right? She might have more, um, just a, a lot more things that she has to um, provide to her authority means she has to um, write down your blood pressure and, you know, the heartbeat of the baby every 20 minutes or whatnot. Right. And maybe someone that's a lay midwife says, no, I don't need that. I, you know, you tell me if you feel that something is not right and that's okay. And, you know, so you have to write, you have to really make sure you ask the right questions um, so that you can really feel supported in the way you want. So, you know, these are like a lot of things. And then, of course, you know, we learn all about uh, physiological birth, natural birth, mammalian birth, um, how nature intended it to be, um, all the hormones that are involved in this whole process, and how you can have these hormones unfold in the most optimal way so that you can get, you know, through this birth in the most graceful and, you know, I won't say painfulness, painless necessarily, because that's you know, just a, a feeling that's very different for everyone. But, you know, in a way that you say afterwards, wow, this was an empowering, amazing experience. Um, I'll teach how to avoid all these medical interventions and handle all the what ifs that come up, right? Um, realizing that most of these questions that come up, what if this, what if that, um, are underlining like negative mind, mindset and belief patterns that we have to address. Because after all, 
as you know, birth works, right? Mm-hmm. If we just let it uh, let it alone <laughs> and let it be undisturbed. Um, but you know, um, there, you know, as the first time mom, especially, there's a lot of questions like, what am I? What is it? What am I expecting? Like, how does a, a surge feel like? You know, how does it feel like when you know your vagina stretches? How does it feel like when you know your placenta comes out? How does it feel like, right? And how's the whole process? So we teach all about that. Um, we, you know, teach um, tools to be able to deal with pain and fear along the way. Um, which I personally had to also deal with in my own birth. Um, and, and then we teach all about how to set yourself up so that you have actually a quick healing, you know, really beautiful bond with your baby and a beautiful and sacred postpartum time um, and the right support you need to, to have a good start in your motherhood. Wow. That so is lots a, of things. <laughs> yeah, that's a super intensive program. I would love in our in our last minutes together, I'd love to hear how you integrated all of this into your birthing experience and what that was like for you last time. Okay, well, I tried to make it short. <laughs> um, I had a very um, interesting pregnancy and birth because I decided, well, my, my partner and I, we met in Montreal, Canada, which where I moved to two years ago or two years prior from California. And we decided when I got pregnant, we're like, let's go and just travel the world. Um, and so for me, it was pretty clear. Well, I couldn't stick to, you know, a provider and like have like normal regular regular, um, um, prenatal, um, how do you call that? Prenatal care. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I have some of my own mentors, um, amazing wise women and midwives, um, that I always ask for advice. And uh, one of them is Deb Pudebo. She's in California and I'm still calling her now about my pregnancy again. And I'm like, Hey, help me out with this. Um, (laughs) Because, you know, even if it seems like, oh, you, you know so much about this, like I have my own questions still, right? And I'm going, oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's really important to have that support, right? But so she basically was like my sub- online support through this entire time. But yeah, nine months of pregnancy, we traveled twice around the world. Um, it was pretty intense. We <laughs> did a whole road trip all the way from, you know, Montreal to California and then went to Hawaii and then from there to Thailand and then spent like a couple of months on a, um, an island in Spain in Tenerife and then went back to California and then basically like last minute had our baby in Montreal. Wow. We're like 80, 38 weeks. Um, we road tripped still from California to Montreal. Uh-huh. We got to our apartment there. We set up everything. And for some reason, I was convinced I had more time. I don't know why. My baby was like, you know, two days before the official due date, which I didn't know really when that is because I never had a um, ultrasound. I decided to, you know, not have any um, testing done, any you know, I had like a little blood pressure calf and I checked my weight here and there. But other than that, I was just really doing like 24 seven, um, amazing care, like walking on the beach for hours a day and meditating and eating really healthy and juicing green juice every morning. And I didn't take any prenatal vitamins. Um, uh, I used cannabis as well. Um, that was, you know, a part of my 
uh, care. And, and um, when we got to Montreal, I had this like nesting instinct for a week long. We cooked a storm up in our kitchen and filled the freezer with freezer meals. And then we went to Frankie's brother's wedding in Windsor, Ontario, which is 10 hours drive. Um, <laughs> and that I was 39 weeks pregnant, 39 weeks in like five days or something. And um, everyone was like, you're freaking crazy. Like, how can you? My mom freaked the fuck out. I was like, mom, I have my little suitcase with me. We have this like golf GTI. Uh, I love it. Like my little red car. And uh, we packed the suitcase with, you know, a few things, um, a couple towels and stuff. And I was like, okay, now if I have this baby in the car, I'm going to have this baby in the car. But I was like, I was totally like just confident that, you know, it's going to all work out. And wherever this baby is going to be born, will be fine. I don't need really anything around. Right. I don't need any gear or equipment or whatnot. I really just need a freaking towel and, you know, some scissors afterwards to cut the cord. That's about it. And, I, love, uh, I love the way you talk about it. <laughs> People really thought, like, yeah, they, they kind of thought I, I'm a little crazy, but I, I really knew what I was doing. Like, I don't know if, you know, if you have this feeling sometimes where everyone else says like, you're kind of strange, but you really trust your instincts there. And I did. And we came back home or better. We, we danced all night long. Um, and I think that's what really made the baby like really drop. We mm. danced. I have these like beautiful pictures on the dance from my big belly. And um, the next morning in bed, um, I had my first uh, contractions. And I was like, ooh, this hmm, feels a little different than usual. I had some Braxton Hicks, you know, um, the few days before and weeks before. I was like, oh, this is a little bit more intense. And Frank was like, holy shit, pack your stuff. We're going to get home. We have 10 hours of drive in front of us, right? And I was like, oh, it's going to be all good. It's going to be all like, you know, working out. This baby's going to stay in. I don't know what I was thinking. (laughs) it's fine Um, it's fine and he's like no 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 we're packing up right and we were supposed to meet with people for breakfast and we canceled that and made our way home and along the way in the car I already like had like you know surges coming every 20 minutes and um, I was like all right I guess maybe today is today I'm not quite sure but this feels like something's moving on right there and uh, he got really nervous. I, I remember once we stopped at a at a rest stop and uh, it was five hours away. And I was like, got out of the car and I'm like, oh, this is intense right now. And he's like, oh, no, no, please do not have the baby at the rest stop. <laughs> <laughs> and so we made it all the way home. And actually, the, the search has subsided again. Everything was fine. We came back home at around 930. We cooked some food and um, we did a couple of things on the computer and we went to bed at 10:30 and 11:30 I woke up and um I basically went into labor. And um I woke him up. No, actually I didn't wake him up. I I I got up and I walked around and I made myself some eggs and ate oysters and that was like such a weird thing and I did that all throughout my pregnancy. I ate canned oysters, which is really disgusting. <laughs> And like, I think five eggs, five scrambled eggs. I'm like, okay, I got to eat this. I got to have like some, you know, some uh, strength if I'm doing this. And then I went on a walk 20 minutes around the block and I came back and then Frankie got up and he's like, 
And I'm like, baby, you can go to bed. Like, this is going to take a while. He's like, okay. So he went back to bed. 10 minutes later, he went, came up back up again. He's like, I can't sleep if you're in labor. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well then like, you know, maybe light some candles and decorate the space. And I um, made myself like, I think 30 or 40, like big posters of beautiful birth affirmations. So he hung them up everywhere. And we had a little altar um, with a pregnancy test and like, you know, a couple of cute pictures and things we gathered along the way. And um, yeah, and he put some nice music on and, from there, it just got more and more intense. And, um, you know, we didn't think about telling anyone about it or calling anyone or whatnot. We were just like super in the moment. I was moaning. He was like singing this, these beautiful shamanic songs for me and played guitar and massaged me. And um, then I had all these requests. I wanted a coffee and a muffin and he made me a coffee and a muffin and, <laughs> you know, all these things. And, you know, like 14 hours later at some point um, or, you know, I'd say like eight hours later, there's like points where I was like in the bathroom by myself and I was probably like eight hours or so in the bathtub, um, just off and on in and out. And I went through some fears of not being an adequate mom. And I, I was like just swaying back and forth in this like weird birth space in the bathtub. And I remember just telling him, can you please go outside? I need to just sort some things through with myself. And he's like, of course, and I remember like, oh, my God, I'm getting goosebumps. This is, by the way, the very first time I'm talking about this officially. Just saying. Oh, man. <laughs> thank you for giving me this pleasure. Um, thank you for listening. Yeah. So um, and then, you know, there's all these like ancestors that came to me, like people I've never even known or seen in my life, like all of a sudden showed up, like had my back and said, OK, you're going to be a fantastic mom. I don't even know what you want. Right. And I'm like, oh, I don't <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for this. And they're like, you don't know if you're ready for this. You're turning 37, right? You're like, of course, you've waited your entire life for this. You're so ready. And I'm like, okay, I don't know. So I called Frankie back in and I said, Frankie, you got to help me. You got to help me through this. This baby is coming. And I, I just, you know, um, went down there and like touched, you know, down there and, and figured out um, figured out that, oh my God, she's right there. She's basically, oh, wow. you know, I didn't know it was a she, I was actually convinced mm. that it was a boy. Oh, I'm um, right there with you, sister. That's yeah. what I did with this last pregnancy. <laughs> oh my God, what a shock. Yeah. And then I said, baby, you got to help me. You got to help me through this. And I sat in the bathroom on my back and, um, my big thing was I just did not want to tear, right? Like that was something I taught before and I wrote about it. And like, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And, and so he got right next to me and we have these cute little videos that he took. Um, and he fed me apples and he was just like the most amazing birth shaman. I call him <laughs> right there with me. And he's like, Hey, okay, I, I got your back, right? You got this girl. And, and he's like, you're my trooper. And yeah, so a few minutes of that. And then at some point I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. The baby's coming. And I turn on my, I, my hands and knees 
And I told him before, I was like, okay, baby, so the, the head's coming out and then, you know, it's probably taking a minute or two and then the body's coming out. Yeah, no, that didn't happen. It was like the head and the baby and everything at once. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just like, oh, my God, he couldn't even like it was like a shock in this moment. And um, the funny thing was I didn't even look at, you know, the sex. And he came over and he said, oh, my baby, either our son has a very tiny penis or we got a daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, oh, we got a baby girl. We got a baby girl. Oh, my God. We didn't even have a name for her. It was just like <gasps> uh, such a shock and, and beautiful at the same time. And But she had her cord like wrapped around her like three times, twice around the neck and once around the shoulder. So I couldn't even pick her up. So oh. I had to like untangle her first and she also like she was born in her cool coal so oh, I had to wow. like, like you know got it over her head first and that was like kind of slimy and gross and I was like oh what's that right and yeah so there we were in shock in awe in the bathtub after 14 hours and there she was and yeah, and she was beautiful and alieny and pink <laughs> and you know immediately started crying and Five minutes later, you know, I, I left the cord attached. Five minutes later, the placenta was born very easy. And um, we left the placenta attached for a few hours. And I actually wanted to leave it attached for way longer. But I actually got to say, like, I got a little grossed out by it because, you know, <laughs> you have to, like, really treat with herbs and, you know, salts and stuff like that. And, like, I was just a little overwhelmed by it all. And so after a few hours, I was like, I want, I just, can we just cut this thing right <laughs> so so we made a little ritual about it and um yeah and then we cut the cord and and there she was and then I was a mom and it was fantastic and we didn't tell anyone we didn't see she didn't see anyone else but the two of us for the first 40 days of her life whoa that's amazing it's just us cocooning we had so much food <laughs> in the freezer and we were just like it was winter you know it was like October in Montreal and it started snowing outside and we just seriously were in in bed naked the heat up to freaking sauna heat in our apartment and just cocooned with her for you know six weeks wow. it was pretty amazing and I wouldn't have done it any other way Oh my goodness. Wow. Ilka, thank you so much for coming on and sharing this story with us. I feel like there is so much more that we could go into. I would love to have you back on. Time is running by so fast. I'm talking like a freaking waterfall, right? And I'm like, oh my God, there's so much more. But yes, I, I know. I, so much more to talk about. I Yes, I would love to have you in return on one of my interviews. It would be wonderful. Oh, wow. That was Thanks fantastic. So much for letting me share. Yeah. Of course. Of course. And if you wouldn't mind, would you share where the listeners could find out more about you? Yes, of course. Yes. Liberatedbirthmovement.com. There's also a um, free one hour class on there where I'm talking about how to have a powerful liberated birth. It's pretty quite interesting. And, um, you know, if you want to leave your email address there, there's also like, um, you know, you can get on the email list and you can also download um, this whole class as a PDF. So, you know, there's, and, and all the, you know, interviews and I have a bunch of birth myths on there. So there's a lot of good stuff that you can find on there. So yeah, check it out. Um, amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. 
Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm so excited. What an amazing episode. Ilka is pregnant with baby number two, so you know I'll be asking her to come back on and share her journey when her new babe arrives and is settled. I'll be sure to wait 40 days before contacting her, though. Let's jump into this episode roundup. Although, honestly, I don't know how to pick just a few topics because holy moly, Ilka brought it in this interview. Okay, first thing, let's start with what I just mentioned, postpartum. I am so impressed with Ilka and her husband Frankie's decision to stay cocooned in bed with their baby for 40 whole days. Baby B is certainly a lucky gal to be so deeply connected with her parents after that level of intentional bonding. How amazing. And I also want to discuss something that Ilka touched on and that I've been considering a lot lately too. Fear is normal. It is okay to be afraid. Birth, though it typically works beautifully, is life-altering and always wild in one way or another. Feeling fear does not mean you're a failure. It means you're a normal human. Now, of course, we don't want to just be scared and clam up. As Dr. Rebecca Reed says, feel the fear and give birth anyway. There's also so much we can do in the way of intentional fear clearing. Obviously, some of this fear is unhealthy and related to our society's incorrect view of birth. That we should let go of. But please don't feel like you're doing it wrong if you're in labor and that emotion arises at one point or another. It's a normal point of life and labor. Finally, let's end where we began. Liberated birth. Never forget that you are the decision maker, mama. Please don't ever give your power away no matter where you decide to give birth and who you're with. Know your options, know your rights, and understand that true prenatal care will never come from a visit to your OB or even your midwife. It comes from caring for yourself day in and day out. Same for postpartum, am I right? Okay, friends, that's all I have for you today. I loved this episode, and I hope you did too. I can't wait to see you back here next week.